Alrighty, here we go. Let's get this party started. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another podcast, another Don't Mention It podcast. Man, we got a great podcast for you guys today. Dwayne. Yes. Start us off, man. Start us off with that beautiful, glorious sound. All right. Ah, yes. Sounds amazing. There we go. We're ready. We're ready to rock and roll. Okay, right off the bat, first things first, we got to talk squirrels. squirrels. We got to talk squirrels. Yes. Do you have squirrels in your backyard? I, every once in a while we see them. Um, I, went to my, I went to my sister's house and she had like squirrels flying everywhere from like tree to tree to tree. It was crazy. Really? Really crazy. Um, yeah, we don't have any squirrels back here um, <laughs> at our yard. San Antonio is just... Uh, nah, they, you know, they're squirrels, but it's kind of, this is a semi new development. So, you know, there's not really any trees for squirrels to be climbing. So, so basically get a lot of you're birds, telling me that you, um, killed all the squirrels that were around your homes because you had to build homes there. Pretty much. We do have field mice. We have field mice that, um, we destroyed, I guess their area, their habitat. And so they, I wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't out. tell people that. Okay. All right. I, I won't, uh, we'll but that part. on that note, uh, we, <laughs> Um, no, you can't cut it. You got to leave it in there. Like everyone, know, you know, know. okay. Anyways. All right. So, um, the, uh, thing that we definitely want to talk about is the video that we saw on Facebook. I sent it to you, the squirrel video that the guy built a, a, a ninja warrior. So a squirrel is. warrior obstacle course all for the, um, Offer these squirrels to get some walnuts. He actually did a test to make sure to figure out which <laughs> which nut they liked better. Uh, nine times out of ten, he said he did it ten times out of the nine times. They all went for walnuts better um, and more. And then he built this super cool obstacle course. You definitely have to look it up. It's super cool. It, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. We'll leave a link in the in the show notes. But um, let me see. If I have the video here, it's a, it's a really popular YouTube channel too. Did you, um, did, what did you think when I sent it to you? I was like, what is this? Like, you know, and then, well, I started watching it, but well, my wife was talking to me while I was watching it. So then she's like, what are you watching? You're not even paying attention to me. So then I had to put it down for a little <laughs> bit until, uh, I had a little bit more time to, to watch it. And I was like, what is this? Like, um, I guess the guy's name is Mark Rober or Robber. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, but yeah, it's called building the perfect squirrel proof bird feeder. Um, but once I saw it, dude, it was hilarious. Like it was like this guy, the level of detail that this guy went through um, to build this thing. I think it had like 10 stations or something like yeah, that. It was crazy. Yeah. And so they had to jump through. I don't all know if it was 10 stations. That's kind of a lot of stations. You think so? Dude, I think it was like it seemed like six. Okay. Maybe six. I don't know. But Okay, out of all the stations, which was your favorite? My favorite was when the girl got destroyed, when the girl squirrel was there. Oh, that was a good yeah, one. And he that actually one got one. one of the squirrels. Yeah, so there was a little trap where there's like a girl squirrel. They put like a little wig on her and everything. And then if the bird stopped on that little plank where the girl animal. was at for, or is the stuffed animal, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, it would, uh, what would end up happening if they stopped for too long on that little plank, it would fall down and then they would have to start the course over again, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, my favorite was the, what they called the tourist trap where it had a little, like it had a walnut 
um, like through this little hole. And when they poked their head through oh, the yeah. hole, it was like a little, <laughs> like the body of a, of a scroll painted, like as a cowboy yes. or something like that. And, uh, and so there was a little camera right in front. And it would take a picture of them while they had their head stuck to that hole. Kind of like, you know, whenever you go to like one of those touristy places and you can like put your head through and take photos and stuff. Which was your favorite squirrel? Um, my favorite was the black squirrel, you know, cause oh, Frankie. Yeah. That was Frankie. Frankie. My favorite was big Gus. Big Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so that's squirrels. Um, that's the beginning of our podcast had to, uh, to talk about squirrels and it's a cool video. So if y'all get a chance to check it out, it was a, a really neat, neat little, uh, neat little video there. So, um, but today kind of on that same topic, talking a little bit about the squirrels and, and uh, what they were doing. They were being competitive. You know, they had to, they were basically competing for who was going to get the walnuts at the end. And so um, sometimes some of them would would uh, cheat off of the winner, but they were competing for those walnuts. They're very territorial. And we're going to be talking about uh, loss. And we wanted to kind of start off by talking about why we... Uh, struggle so much with losing. So like, for example, in a competition, when we, when we have uh, different competitions that we go through, why is it so difficult for us? Or how do we deal, I guess, with loss? Do you like losing? Oh, man, I tell you what, I am one of the most competitive guys that That's I true. know. And, um, and a lot of people don't even like playing games with me because I'm, I'm so competitive. <laughs> I, I, we were on a softball team co-ed softball team. And there were people that did not want to play because I was playing volleyball. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I'm, a, I'm five, five and, um, <laughs> I, uh, so I'm, you know, the tallest man definitely out there. And, uh, and so like, I have to play harder than everybody else. I got to be better than everybody else because, um, you know, I have to make up for the, um, the lack of the height, the lack of, you know height. what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I have to play harder. I got to play faster and I got to play better than everybody else out there. No matter what I'm doing. I mean, you can't beat me at anything. I would even say there was one time that you think that you tackled me and I'm pretty sure I did. And I see, I don't, I don't remember it that way. It wasn't, and, and it doesn't count if, um, if I wasn't all there, like it doesn't, it just doesn't count. Um, well, that's a story for another day, but I got you, man. I actually beat you in a race, in a running race. That uh, never in happened. All, in, a, in all actuality. <laughs> that never happened. You see, but even now, so the way that I usually deal with it is I'm, I'm actually really, really hard on myself. And I guess we can even take this back to our first first podcast, whenever we talked about, um, who we are and things like that. And, um, mm -hmm. I would say that I am, I just, I hate losing. I hate it's in, it's inside of me. It's, it's you, you, you will not beat me, you know? And, um, that's just something that, that, that's inside me. But the way that I usually deal with it is I beat myself up. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I usually beat myself up about it. I'm like, Dwayne, mm. you, you have to get better. And so if I lose, I end up, either practicing more or I, I do more to figure out how I'm going to beat you next time because you will mm. not beat me again. And if you beat me again, well, then I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> that's just me. Keep trying to win. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because I'm, I'm like, I'm not the opposite, but I don't like for me, losing is in a huge deal. So when I lose, I'm just like, okay, well I lost, you know, I can try, I'll try again. And if I'm not like, 
if I'm not crazy passionate about whatever I'm doing, then it's not that hard for me to lose. Now, if I'm passionate about it, then I want to win. I put a lot of effort into it. But I was thinking about this. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go ahead. You go. Tell me what you were thinking about. I was thinking about this like with video games because you were talking about how you like playing video games a lot. And I don't play video games. Like I'm just not a big video game uh, person. And like, I try to get into it, but then I get frustrated. Like if I can't beat a level after a certain time, like, I'm just like, this isn't even that big of a deal. Like, why am I stressing about this? Like, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna worry about it. And so I just stopped playing, but I feel like you're the kind of person that you don't want to win. So you're going to try to keep going at it till you figure it out. Whereas for me, if it doesn't fall into like a, a small category of things that I'm like really passionate about, I usually won't put a ton of effort into it. I think, so I don't know. On that note, um, I, I have a friend, uh, his name is B-Rad, uh, definitely one of my best friends. And he, he loves video games. He's a huge gamer, right? But like, when we play games together, like our, our, the big game that we play is uh, Call of Duty Ghost, and we we try to play the Extinction. Uh, I know you don't probably know anything about this, but the point is, is that like no, I, I know yeah. we have to kill Call of Duty. Okay, we have to kill a bunch of aliens that are coming at us, right? And so we're mm-hmm. playing, but you have to like get through all these stages, okay? And if you lose in one of the stages, you have to go back and start all the way at the beginning. So I'll go to his house, and I went over there a couple weeks ago, and then I went over there. Uh, he came over here. I've gone over there twice. This just in, the, in this past month, we played three times, and in uh, the amount of time that we've played, uh, we've we go through and we just continue to play, and we lose. We go back to the same map, and we go back. We're going. We are going to beat this stupid <laughs> extinction game, and uh, it, it is crazy. Yes, we, we we. But I mean, and I say all day. I mean, like I get there at one, and then I don't leave till like two or three o'clock in the morning. That's crazy. And all we do is play video games. So yes, that it, is, it is crazy. A huge, crazy amount of wasted time. But it is definitely a relaxing, like just like totally getting out of where you're at. Just a just a refresher. Just a you know a chill time to chill with with a good friend. Um, but you know, you say that you're not like you're not that competitive. So let's say you get into an argument with your wife. Hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you deal with, 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 when you lose an argument with your wife? Man, you know, I think so. Okay. There's, I guess there's like two different ways I've seen this, right? Like, so when we first got married and I I think I might've mentioned this, I can't remember on one of the episodes of the podcast that like the first year of our marriage was like probably the most difficult time of our marriage or whatever. And I would say like that first year to two years because both of us are, are, um, we're not necessarily competitive people, but we're very opinionated and very strong willed individuals. Um, we hate losing. So her and I fight all the time. So even now, like we still do, like, not like in a, like yelling, but we're like, well, no, but this, well, no, but this, and we'll just kind of go at it, you know? And so I, in that, when it comes to that, yeah, I hate, I hate losing to that. And so in the first two years, I think like really I would blow up and, and this is what, I, why I would blow up would be because like, if I knew that I was beat, 
then my reaction to being beat would be just to get mad about it. And and I, I'm not making any sense of the argument anymore. I'm just going to attack her character. I'm going to attack like something that has nothing to do with the argument that we're doing because like it's that kind of, you know, you're backed up in a corner. And so what you're going to do is you're just going to lash out at anything because you're, you feel like fat. I'm losing. I mean, yeah, something like you're like fat or like, yeah, something like don't that. Don't ever you know? call your I, wife I fat, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember if I ever called her fat. I don't think he got that, but you know, just stuff like, you know, it just things that were way out of left field that had nothing to do with anything that we were talking about. Um, so I think that, that, and then like after probably the, the two years of our, like of being together that year, two years, um, we really had to sit down and there were some other things that we're working through in our marriage. And, and I think that, um, we, we realized that like, man, if we're going to stay together, like we've got to figure this out. Like we've really got to, um, figure out how to argue well, you know? Um, and so what we do now, a lot of times, and, and I, I think I've, I've started to do it a little bit more is just, you know, at some points it's just like, this isn't really worth the, the argument. You know what I mean? This isn't worth, uh, losing sleep over getting upset about. And so what I'm learning to do more now is just to kind of take a step back and say, okay, is this the hill that I, you know, there's certain battles that I'm going to have to lose kind of at the, so that our marriage, the war, right, is is on our marriage so we can win the war, you know, and the war is to, to, to make sure that our marriage lasts and is strong. And so um, that's kind of how I've, I've begun to approach it over the last several years is just saying like, hey, you know what, um, you're, you know what, you're right. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Um and maybe I'm not looking at it from the right perspective and, and I apologize for that. Maybe you're right. And that sucks, man, because as a man, you want to, to be like, no, this is how we're doing it. Um, and so I'm, I'm having to like, what I've tr been trying to learn is not to be too attached to an idea um, if it's not n n worth it. Now, there's certain times where it's like, no, this is a big deal and we've got to really figure this out. You know what I mean? And like, I, this is not, I'm not going to compromise on this. Um, but it's really deciding and discerning which one of, you know, when that's the appropriate time. Cause I think a lot of times our ego gets in the way. Um, and that's whenever we start, you know, it's, it's not a huge deal, but our ego is making it a big deal. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? No, yeah. Uh, man, I got into an argument with my wife today. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, it was it, it was tough, man. It was really, really tough because it's about, you know, um, as as you know, uh, she's pregnant now. Um, and uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I'm or I guess I am the same way. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like to back down whenever I'm losing in a fight and, you know, you bring up something I've never called my wife fat, but I have, you know, like I'll, I'll bring up, well, I mean like this is making any sense because of this, 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 and this, and you know, and I get all fired up and stuff and, uh, but we got into it today. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm I want to save these arguments for later, um, things. So it's not mm -hmm. me not being vulnerable. It's me saying, um, I wanted to use this for a different podcast. We're going to stay on topic, but, um, honestly, uh, you know, the, the whole, oh, the world, the best way to, to win an argument is just to say that she's right, you know, or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or the wives always win, you know, that's just the way it works. When I hear that, it just pisses me off so much. Like I get just genuinely angry. I'm like, that's a bunch of bull. Like my wife is not always right. Like it's a bunch of, you know, and, and everyone's like, well, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, don't give me that. 
don't give me that. You know, you know, y'all aren't always right. So don't act like you're always right. Like, don't. So like, even to that point, like I have to win, you know? Um, but I don't know the, the, the way that I normally deal with it is, is honestly, if, if she is right, then, you know, just like you said, man, I, I back down and I'm, I'm like, you know what? Um, all right, you're right. And I apologize for that. Um, and, uh, and I, and I, 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 I can say some pretty jerky things, um, at times, um, to my wife and, uh, I'm not, I'm not, um, proud of those at all. Um, and whenever I do do it and she brings it up and she's like, Hey, well, remember when you said this? And I'm like, Oh mm, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I remember that. And I apologize for that. I, I am sorry. I should never have said that. That is not, um, not being the leader or the man that I'm supposed to be. And I apologize. And uh, she's like, yeah, okay. You know, like, yeah, you're right. You do apologize, you know? And uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. All right. And, you know, just got to, you know, it's like a, ah. Oh. But, uh, you know, you just take it. You take it like a man. Those, those are the times that you have to actually be a man and take it when she is right. But, that's but yeah, I mean, true. that's just, I guess in short, be like a man and, and take it. So, Competitions with law with competition, um, losses with competitions, losses with with fights with our wives. Um, what's another thing that 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 you've uh, I guess lost in in a sense? Um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about when we we're talking about this this idea of losses, loss of job. You know, and and um, I've never I guess been technically fired from a job. Um, I've had jobs that. Uh, have kind of come to an end. So, you know, I worked for a, uh, a TV show, a radio program that uh, ended up getting canceled. So basically lost that, that opportunity. And that was a tough one for me, man, because I was young. I was, uh, I think I was 20 at the time um, and had moved. I mean, I had moved from Texas to Atlanta. I was um, out there living on my own and, and here I was at 20 years old, you know, basically kind of my dream job in, in many ways and just having that completely taken away from me. And the beautiful thing is like the, the, the uh, company I worked for, they found me another job, but it was in a call center. It was doing like, I was doing nothing that I wanted to do. Um, and so, man, that, that was like a deep wound for me to lose something that like I considered like you know, pretty much my dream job and what I wanted to do. I dropped out of college for this. And then to be in a position where I'm not doing that anymore, uh, was, was tough, man. And so, um, it's definitely like, you know, I, I consider it kind of like a grieving process. You know, you kind of go through this process of like, you're in denial, like, no, this isn't happening to me. And then you kind of get angry about it. And then you kind of go through this whole process of like being, you know, all sad and depressed about it. And I just, I really like with that, whole situation. I feel like I went through a lot of those steps in that process. Um, and I know you've been through something similar as far as losing a job. I don't know if, if that process was similar to you or how you cope with loss. Well, and for me, it was, it's been slightly different. I've never been actually, no, now that I think about it, I, I was, um, fired, but I, 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 I pulled the Epic, uh, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> you know, uh, that was actually me. I was that guy. Uh, you know, I like to, I like to keep things um, interesting and dramatic. Um, but uh, I was actually at a, um, it was like a Coca-Cola. Uh, I worked in a warehouse. We had to pull all these parts for Coca-Cola. And um, we actually, uh, I forget what it was called. Um, I think it was precision. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> 
the point is, is that um, I was I was working for them, and I mean, I was working my butt off. I was trying to I was trying to get this this certain position, and I, and, and um, they just told me that I didn't get it, and I was and I I took it real hard, and but at the same time, like I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna you know stay focused, do my thing, and I was getting doing my doing my job and everything, and this lady that did not like me thought I called her the B word. And I actually did not. And I stand to that to really? this day. I called her a witch. I don't, <laughs> I don't curse, but I called her a witch. She thought I called her the a B, you know, I'm not going to say it, but I basically just said it. Anyways, <laughs> um, you, you know what I'm saying. And um, yes. so they took me into the office. They wrote me up. She was a lead. So, so like they, they took me to the office and said, you know, Dwayne, this is the a manager. He's a new manager. The other one had just gotten fired. And he goes, Dwayne, you know, ever since I first started started here, um, you've always been a real strong Christian influence, and you you you're acting always the right way. And and just recently, the past couple of weeks, you um, you've really been acting out, and we don't appreciate this. And this is not you being a Christian. Um, and we don't we don't like. And I was like, excuse me. You're going to try to turn Christianity and turn it around and bring it back on me? I was like, what? Are you serious right now? I told him, I was like, I don't need this job. I said, I don't need this job. Like, this is crazy. This is like, this is all. I didn't call her that. I I would never call a woman the B word. That's not me. I wouldn't do that. And he was like, sir, well, we're, you know, we really don't like the way that you're acting. Um, We're just going to have to let you go. I said, no, you're not going to let me go. I quit. I don't need this job. And I walked out. I was so, so mad. And um, shoot, I told them, shoot. And the way that I dealt with that was um, actually, uh, actually, uh, I was in my own apartment. I, had, I was by myself. And so I had to figure things out real quick. And I joined a temp agency and things like that and had to figure it out. But um, another time I lost a job is, I guess, more recently, um, now that I'm a dad and a, a husband and I, uh, losing, you know, this whole COVID-19 thing caused, um, the industry that I'm in to make me unemployed. So I lost my job, but I'm part of a union. So I technically didn't lose my job. It's kind of a fine yeah. line. Point is they, you know, they laid us off. There's no work. So if there's no work, there's, we're not working. And so, um, luckily, you know, uh, I've, for those of you that aren't Christians out there, um, I apologize for this, but um, God is the only one that has gotten me through this. You know, honestly, that's mm. that's kind of the the way it's worked, and um, we've continued to to give our tithe, continued to to stay focused on 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 the Lord and the, and the things that we need to do. Um, we've we've turned this time into a uh, time of us just focusing on each other, focusing on um, family, focusing on um, just the things that 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 are important. And um, God has blessed us through the uh, stimulus check from and from. Uh, I just pulled out some money out of my annuity that, that that's helping out, and God's just continuously providing. And 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 I don't I don't know I don't know what to do other than just as, just to praise God for that, you know. Um, yeah. And things do get hard. And when they do get hard, you know, it's once again, it's like, it's communicating with my wife and being like, Hey, I'm kind of struggling with this, or I'm going through this and I'm thinking about this and I don't really know what to do. And she continuously, um, just pushes me, pushes me forward and says, Hey, you know, um, it's going to be all right. And, uh, we actually, in the argument that we got into to today, uh, we actually were talking about, um, seeking, seeking the Lord and different things like that. And I was like, I was like, you like, 
you you need to like she was like I don't I'm not a pusher I don't I don't push but she doesn't even and that just made me realize that she, you know she does pushes at times push me at times to to be better and to be a better man and things like that and I'm gonna definitely tell her that when we get off this podcast but um <laughs> but yeah and I think what you said is interesting though because um you know understanding and realizing that like even in the midst of all of the craziness um you can still find those moments of uh, like where you see God working, you know what I mean? And I think that that's such a crucial part of dealing with loss is like looking for those, those uh, kind of those divine moments. And it's so hard when you're like in the middle of it because you get so much kind of going through your mind and you get so much like just running through your, your, your brain as far as like, man, you know, why is this happening? I can't believe that this happened. And, and all that stuff. And, and it's not necessarily bad emotions to feel. You need to feel those things. Sometimes, you know, as men, we don't want to like feel those things. We don't want to cry. We don't want to, you know, feel upset, feel them. That's okay. But also look for those moments where you're like, man, look, look what God just did. Like, that's crazy. And I think that's where you and I kind of relate on that. And there might be some people that don't necessarily relate to us as they're kind of listening to this, this podcast, but that's really like been our core, like our foundation um, in those moments of loss has been going back to know that, that God is in control of everything and he's going to be the one that's going to like carry us through and, 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 uh, and help us during those moments. So um, but I think it's, it's really crucial to also understand that it's okay to feel, um, like the pain of a loss. And I think there's no more place evident than that, uh, of that than when you lose a relationship. And I think both of us, like having been roommates in college and having like, been through breakups together and seen each other go through breakups, I think, like we've both been there and really experienced that loss, you know, or, uh, you know, like experienced the pain of those losses. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I do know what you mean. <laughs> and, um, and it makes me think about, um, you know, relationships that, that we've lost. And this is kind of a, you know, it's always awkward talking about past yeah. relationships. Um, it is a little and awkward. different things like that, because the fact that like, well, we don't know if they're going to ever listen to this podcast or somebody that we know is going to listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And then they end up, did you know that Dwayne, blah, blah, blah. Or did you know that J flow, you know, <laughs> told them about this, 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 and this. And it's, it's, uh, it's definitely trying to keep it discreet, but I'm all, my wife yeah. always tells me, Dwayne, you're like an open book. You just start talking and telling everybody about your business. <laughs> and it's true because I feel like everybody can learn from each other. And I feel like that's important, but, uh, it's also awkward because we're married now. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but the good thing about this podcast is about don't mention it. And we that's what we do. We mention things. So Josue, we mention things we're not supposed to mention. We mention things we're not supposed to mention. And so um I would say um one of the hardest breakups I ever had would have been um name not said, but I will call her. <laughs> See, y'all thought I was going to say a bad word, didn't you? No, 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 we're not going to give her a name, but uh, <clears throat> no, but I would say it took, it. I was probably about 25, 26 
And uh, no, yeah, about 25, 25 26. And uh, you were there. Uh, mm-hmm. I met her at a internship where we got super, super close. Um, and uh, then uh, a couple years later, we met up and we uh, ended up, you know, dating for a little bit. Uh, it wasn't long, but um, there was just a very emotional connection. There was a big emotional connection um, considering we what we had experienced together at the internship, things like that. And as well as just like... I thought she was the one, you know, that was just, that's just playing mm. it. And whenever you get to that point of thinking, this is the girl that I'm supposed to marry and you get to that point. And, and I know some people might be thinking, Hey man, Dwayne, it was only a couple months. Like what? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but, and I know a lot of my friends probably thought that, but <laughs> did you think that J flow? Um, I don't know if I thought like, dude, it's only been a couple months. I think I, like I saw you guys going in deep, like really fast. And I was like, but at the same time, I understood that y'all had gone through the internship together and I knew how big of an impact that was. So it was kind of like, I mean, I, I understand him, but at the same time, I don't know, man, it's just the vibes weren't there. Like it was just kind of like, don't be telling ah. me about my vibes, dog. Don't be telling me about anyways. Point is, is that, uh, is that no, we, I, we, um, we hit some rough patches there at the end. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was my fault, I would say. And, um, I'll say 50-50. And uh, but the point is, is that is that, you know, um I blamed her for a lot of things. She blamed me for a lot of things. And um there was a standard that I wanted her to meet, probably because of the internship that we went to, and I expected her to meet that standard and she wasn't. And at that at that at that same at that same um thing, I uh I put a lot of standards on her and, and I, and, and I, and I, and, and, you know, I'm not going to say I regret it, but I'm going to say, I, you know, I, I do regret, um, acting, acting, acting the way I did because it wasn't, it wasn't Christian like it wasn't a man. It wasn't me being a man and it wasn't the right thing to do. But at the same time, you know, uh, some things happened where I didn't, that I didn't agree with. And uh, I still stand to that to this day that, that, that she, uh, that, you know, that, 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 you know, she was in the wrong about. And, um, I, you know, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I've grown since then. I've, uh, I had to go through a lot of, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was in a hole for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it caused me to get drunk for the first time, um, which we're still saving mm-hmm. that story. Um, but, uh, but I, it caused us, caused me to get drunk one time and, uh, and it just, it, it just, you know, when it, whenever something like, whenever you go through a breakup, you don't care about anything. All you're doing is dealing with the, with the pain and the loss. And you're just like, oh, this is horrible. Life is horrible. Everybody sucks. I'm never going to be loved. No one's ever going to mm-hmm. want to be with me. And you go through all this crap thinking that you know, the, the, this is just the end of the world because you're never going to find anybody again. And I remember um, praying to God and being like, God, if it's whatever, whatever happens, whatever's holding me back from you, God, you just take it out of my life. And what happened? The next day she broke up with me and it was crazy. It was crazy. And, you know, um, it took me. Man, I, I went through relationships and I remember even telling other girls being like, hey, like, I'm be honest, I'm. I'm broken. 
I am broken and I can't really like, I'm not going to say that this is it just because I was hurt real bad. Um, and from a past relationship and, and I carried it over to several relationships. And I would even say to this relationship that I'm a relationship, this marriage, uh, the marriage I'm in, um, with my wife, I, uh, I, there are things that like, that caused me to kind of step back because I'm like, are you, you going to do something like that? Are you going to, you know, and, and that, and not just from that relationship, but from other relationships too, you know, and, uh, to try to let those things go because to know that my wife is, is, is there for me. She loves me. She cares about me and, uh, she's not going to go anywhere, you know, and, uh, to truly believe that. And, uh, it's tough, man. It's really tough. But the only way I can, I I get, I guess I got through that was, was through, not, I guess, forgetting it, but more mm. just <clears throat> remembering that in other times there, I mean, that there are other better people out there for me. Does that make sense? Mm. Like to, yeah. these, after, after several rela- other relationships, I realized, man, like this, this girl's really cool. And like, you're this, you know, th- this one could have been, yeah. th- this one's not like that. And this doesn't do this. And, and, j- and just to remember that, Hey man, there are a lot more fish in the sea. I know that's one quote that gets thrown out there all the time, but there is, man, there's so many people out there that, that, that are, um, thirsty. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh my god. No, gosh. but for real, for real, there are a lot more people out there that are, that, that, that are seeking, you know, a, a partner. And it's crazy. And I think like what I saw, like you walking through that whole process and, and you've seen it kind of with me. I've been in similar situations where for me, every breakup has been hard. So like, you know, um, I no names, no (laughs) names, but definitely, um, you know, I've, I've had a couple of them. I've always, girls have always broken up with me. I've never broken up with a girl. And it's always kind of the same, like, oh my gosh, the same thing you're saying, you know, it's like, this is the end of the world. Like, this is the one for me. Like, we were going to get married. Like, that was, that was it. And I mean, it could have been, you know, something that lasted three years. It could have been something that lasted, you know, three months. It, it was always kind of that same sort of cycle for me. But I think what we both saw was like that first stage, right, of, of that process is denial that we're talking about, right? And you, so I'm sure like, you know, and that's usually a really short stage because you have to come to grips with the fact that this is reality. Like, no, she, no, 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 she didn't break up with me. This is just, I think I had one relationship that was like that because that particular person kept trying to call me and like check up on me and see how I was doing. And like, and it's like, um, they're calling me because they care about me and we're going to get back together. And it, it never happened. And so- Just stop but, calling. Like yeah, just, just stop calling, man, <laughs> God, don't, don't do that, dude. dude. Keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, you know, you go through that, that denial, then you go through the anger of like, why would they do this to me? Like, I don't want to talk to this person. Like, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you, you kind of go into like this idea of bargaining. And then she calls again. Like, yeah. She calls again. Um, and, and so then, you know, you, you, and even in that, the calling again, you kind of bargain like, Hey, look, I promise I'm going to change. It's going to be different. Like, and then it sometimes it works. You might sometimes, even want to write a book about it. You might even want to write a book or a song, a song. about it. <laughs> um, and then you kind of go into this phase of depression and it's like, I'm, and I think that's where we've, we've kind of both, um, scene and we even kind of helped each other i mean i remember sitting in our rooms listening to john mayer you know what i mean just heartbroken the script, the script is the really script. good oh man they got some good ones 
That's really and good but see, here's the thing though is a lot of times as guys hey, we hey, don't want to real lean. quick like the lights off. You're just in bed and kind of in a ball, <laughs> and the lights are off, and you you have your John Mayer the script playing. And you're just like, man, God, I hate that girl, man. I don't know why she even did that to me. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> And I'm, I'm the best. I'm the best dude. I'm the best thing that ever happened to that girl. And now nah, I know what you're talking about, man. I know I'm right there. I'm still in that kind of spot. I'm, you're taking me back to that <laughs> spot. Right now, dude. <laughs> just like I'm in, and you know, like ah, oh, man, this is rough. This is rough right now, man. Dwayne just dimmed the lights. I, He's like, I, hey, I really I'm hope gonna... my wife doesn't listen to this. This is tough. <laughs> it's not funny, man. See, oh. you're still laughing at me, man. God. And so, but it's okay to feel that pain. And I think that's part of the process is like, we have to kind of go through the, each one of those stages and we got to go through them for us to be able to heal. And, and even that part that, you know, that's sort of a depression, it's kind of a sad, you know, type of thing. It's okay to, it's okay to, uh, to go through those moments and to lean into that. And I think that's kind of a part of the, the process, part of that grieving process, you know? Um, acknowledge the pain, kind of go through that. Uh, and, and it's okay to, to, to be in that moment. And I, I think that's where a lot of times what we want to do is we want to, um, I was reading some articles on, you know, some myths and some different things. And one of the things is like, if you're, if you kind of move on, um, uh, or if you don't cry uh, or whatever, then um, you're going to be able to move or if you ignore it, you're going to be able to move past your your loss a lot quicker. And I think that um, that's where we have to learn to kind of lean into that a little bit and lean into those feelings a little bit. And, and it's and it's important not to get stuck there because, you know, I think we can both speak to like you can there's a, a place where you can stay there for too long and that will hinder other relationships. But if you're if you're okay with leaning into some of that, that hurt and some of that pain, uh, it's going to allow you to go through each one of those processes a little bit, a little bit better. You know what I mean? A little, and a little bit quicker. No. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough. I'm, I, I'm um, still stuck over here now, man. Can, can you get me out of this funk? <laughs> I can get you out of this. Let's get some, let's get some John Mayer. Let's get some, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, there was other ones, man. We used to listen to, I gotta, ones, I gotta look up. Hey, Drake, man. What's that one from Drake? That, that one song, uh, Something room, um, Marvin's uh, room. Marvin's room. Marvin's, Marvin's room, room. Man, that one. Yeah. Right there. Oh man, that's a. Oh, that, that was. Oh man, that hits me. That hits me in the heart. <laughs> I can't. I can't listen to that song. Can't listen to that song. Hello, it, it's on the on the, the cell phone, the voicemail that yeah. like starts off the song. Sing it to me, J Flo. Sing it to me. Uh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man. Um, but you know, nothing is more, I guess, painful than losing somebody that is actually not, not a girlfriend, not a boyfriend, but a family member and losing mm, them yeah. in, in death, you know? And, um, and that's kind of what, what I was thinking about whenever you, whenever, you know, we, we started talking about this, it's kind of like, that is a loss that, that is one of the hardest things to take in. And I remember whenever I was 17, and my dad passed away. Um, it was it, it was one of the hardest things that I that I ever ever had to had to endure. And and um, I don't tell everybody the story, but um, I guess I am now. Um, and it, it might sound like the silliest, dumbest story ever, um, but uh, my dad uh, always said he was Batman. Have I ever told you this story? Mm. I think you one time when we were having an argument about Batman and Superman, um, I think you mentioned it. 
uh, at some point. Yeah. Okay. I don't, that this I, I don't know of, if I told you the story, but I mean, we're, yeah. We're, I, but my, I remember you mentioning that your dad would said that he was Batman yeah, all the time. And like, that's why like, you like that. Like that, that yeah. was, that was my, my dad was Batman, you know? And, um, and he always told me that I was Robin. Like I was Batman and Robin everywhere. And when we were in the car mm. together, it was Batman and Robin, like no joke. It, that's just the way it was, you know? And no matter what. And it's crazy because um, I remember um, my dad being on his deathbed. He's laying there all plugged up to all this different sorts of, all sorts of things. And I remember um, laying there, he was in a coma and I remember laying and just like, I just got on the bed. I was like, screw it. I don't care. I'm laying down on this bed with him. I was 17. Um, and, uh, and I remember just sitting there and I was bawling my eyes out and I was like, why, why dad, why, why would you do this? I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. Like you, like you're, like you're like, you're the glue to this family. You're the thing that keeps everything together. You, you're our dad. Like, like, what are we, what are we even supposed to do without mm. a dad? Like, I, I, I didn't, I don't need, I didn't even know how to comprehend something that was so like, just so crazy. Like this was like a, like a, Hey, he got sick. Uh, he said he was going to be fine. Uh, a month later he's in the hospital and, uh, Two days later, or not even a day, a night later, he's in a coma, and this is right after him telling me, "Hey, bring me a bring me a quarter pounder tomorrow with cheese, and uh, I, I, that's what I want to eat tomorrow." And I said, "Okay." And the next day, he's in a coma, and we never get to talk to him ever again. And mm. I remember laying there crying and just bawling my eyes out and just saying, "Why, why, why?" And then all of a sudden, just something clicked, and I just. I stopped crying and I looked at him and I was like, I get it. I was like, I get it. Like, I have to be Batman. Mm. And I know, I know, <laughs> I know that sounds stupid. I know it sounds crazy. No, it's good. But that's what, that's what happened. It was like, I had to take on what wow. my dad was leaving. And, mm. and it's kind of convicting even to this day, because I think about it and I'm like, what type of man am I being to my sisters, to my mom? And, and, and what was I then? And, and, and even as a kid, I didn't fully understand that and fully didn't even take on the responsibility that I probably should have, you know, and it's crazy to even think about, but that's, that's, that's what happened. And, and I remember mm. just, just like going downstairs after that. And I was like, mom, are you okay? And what's going on? This, this, and this, you know, just like checking on my family. And I, and, and my whole attitude changed after that. And, and people didn't understand why, um, our family just in general took, took the death real well. Um, and it wasn't like everything was fine because we knew what was happening, but at the same time, yeah. we, uh, we understood that where he was going, it wasn't a sad thing. It was a celebration. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it's crazy to think about, you know, and, um, and I, I know I've said this before. It's, it's, you know, he used to tell me always, remember who you are, remember who yeah. you are. And, you know, that's the same thing that happened when, um, whenever, uh, Mufasa died and, and, and he ended up being in the clouds and he told Simba, he was like, remember who you are, Simba, remember who you are. Like, that's what you have to do. Um, and if, and if, if, if you forget me, then you've forgotten who you are. And, and if you think of it that way, then at times there are times where, where, you know, in death, we, we, we forget, forget very easily, you know, the people that, 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 that we, that, 
leave us. Um, but that was kind of the way that I had to deal with that. And I've lost, I've lost, um, friends or different things like that. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's really, really tough. And, and I would even say, and I, I feel like it's in the, uh, the four loves book where, where C.S. Lewis talks about the, the, the way, like whenever you lose a friend, uh, have you ever read that book? No, I haven't so, read it. I know, I know he brings, I, I, I wish I would have, I, w- I would have looked it up before this. Um, maybe I'll find it while, while, while you tell me, but, um, but basically, uh, he, he talks about in short, how he, uh, uh, what happens whenever you lose a friend? What happens to the group? Like you, you lose a significant part of 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 your friendship with with, with mm-hmm. like if, if if there's a group of four. Uh, whenever, for instance, when you went to San Antonio and you left us in Dallas, you know, mm-hmm. like I lost a friend that because you weren't there anymore, you weren't there to lean on or count on or any of those things, you know. Um, and th- I know that's to the extreme of, of, of a death, but, uh, but that's kind of what happens. And so whenever you lose a yeah. friend that passes away and you never, ever get to talk to them ever again, and whether it was tragic or whatever happens, like it's, it's dealing with the same thing and it's dealing with those, with, 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 with having to be, you know, like you said, in, in the denial um, and then being angry and then you're, then you're kind of bargaining with yourself. And then, you know, the, and the, those are kind of like the, the five, you know, the five steps of, of, um, grieving a loss of, you know, it's denial, anger, bargaining, depression. And then you have to accept the fact that, you know, they're gone. Um, yeah. but there are times where I'm still driving in the car, man. And I'm, and I'm bawling my eyes out because I'm singing, you know, I can only imagine and, a song by Mercy Me and just bawling my eyes out thinking about how great and awesome my dad was. And I don't ever get to, don't ever get to see him again. And I wonder what it was like whenever he was walking into heaven and, and it's, it's tough, man. And, and, and just recently, actually my, my grandma passed away and, uh, and I kind of gave a little, uh, a little speech about my dad and stuff. And, and it's crazy, man, uh, that the, the, the way that different people have to deal with death differently. Yeah. It's, it's not all, it's not all the same. And, and for me and my family, death isn't a huge thing to us anymore. Um, it's, I guess, well, I, I guess it, it's almost as if we're numb. We're numb to the fact that, that, that people pass away. And I don't know if it's, it, that sounds very negative, very, I guess I would even say, um, or I guess ruthless, I guess, I don't know. But, um, it's it's tough because i guess i'm at the point in my life where i understand that there's only two ways to go mm. you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell yeah and if you don't know who jesus is and if you don't believe that he died on the cross and that he rose again you're going to go to hell that's just it like, you know, and, and that he, that he came to save you and save you of your sins and, and do all those, you know, like he, he, he came to do that. And if you don't believe it, you're going to go to hell. And that's just flat out. And then as ruthless and as horrible as that sounds, it's to know that somebody was a Christian and they go, man, it is a celebration. That's exactly what it yeah. is. And you have to think of it that way. You can't think of it as a, as a man, this sucks. You know, he's, he's gone forever. 
But whenever yeah. it's the opposite, then yeah, you know, it's a totally different process, I think. And it's a process of, man, like. I'll never see this person again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where it becomes a, a lot more difficult, that grieving process. There's a, a book called Grief Undone. Um, and uh, it's, it, I think it's like a journey uh, with God and cancer. Um, and the author, Elizabeth Groves, she talks about, um, you know, this idea that the Bible doesn't dismiss or doesn't minimize grief. And we, we shouldn't, you know, underestimate it either. But it also says that we grieve differently than those people without hope. Um, and so, you know, we have that, that hope of the fact, like you were saying, we're going to get to see that person again, uh, in heaven. Uh, and there's a quote that I was, I was looking at, um, and, um, it's, this is Paul, uh, you know, from the Bible talking in first Thessalonians four, uh, 13 through 14 says this brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not receive grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And so it's that hope, man. It's that hope. Like you were saying that if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then, then you, you have that hope that you'll see that other person who also has placed their faith in Jesus Christ uh, again. And so we get to, we get to grieve with some hope, but it doesn't minimize the pain. It doesn't take away the, the fact that it's going to hurt. And the Bible also tells us to grieve with those who grieve, man. And so, you know, when you see someone who's going through it and, you know, and, and going through the pain, it's, it's a lot of times just sitting there with them. And it's, that's always been an awkward thing for me is like, how do you deal with someone who's grieving? And even as a pastor, you've got to deal with those moments where someone is grieving the loss. And a lot of times it's, man, I don't have the words and I don't know why it happened and I don't have all the perfect words to tell you, but I'm just going to, I'm going to sit here with you. I'm going to listen to you. And you know what? I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to, I'm going to understand that you're going to go, you're going through some pain and it may be uncomfortable for me, maybe kind of awkward or kind of weird for me. But, uh, even in that, what we can do is, is be the person, uh, who is going to listen to the individual who's, who's grieving. And so I think that's where, you know, part of that grieving process that helps is having that support network and having those individuals who are around you, who can help you and who can lift you up during that time. Um, and so as, uh, as men, you know, we've talked about accountability. That was something we talked about last week as men, we can help keep each other accountable. Um, and, and accountability doesn't look like, Hey, you're doing something wrong, but it's also looks like, Hey, let me help you out. And, and be there just to listen to you whenever you're going through those moments of grief. So No, yeah. And uh, I found that that in, in that book, uh, it says, Lamb says, somewhere that if of three friends, A, B, and C, A should die, then B loses not only A, but A's part in C, while C mm. loses not only A, but A's part in B. In each of my friends, there's something that only some other friend can fully bring out by myself i am i am not in large i am not large enough to call the whole man into activity i want other lights than my own to show in all his facets but in basic and basically in short go ahead yeah that's good no i i love that because um so 
I'll give just a quick example and then we'll kind of wrap up the podcast. But I had a friend who, uh, who passed away about two, three years ago um, from the church. And uh, there were three of us um, who were always really involved in uh, the AV and doing all the audiovisual stuff. So we we're really close. I mean, all the work that we did at the church, we were doing it together. So it's me, uh, my friend Victor, um, and then uh, m- my friend Erson. Erson was the one who passed away. He passed away in a, in a car accident. Um, and it's interesting that you say that because even now, like me and Vic's relationship, like we were all through, we were really, really close. We'd hang out, all kinds of stuff. Ever since Urson died, it, we, me and Vic just haven't been able to connect in that same way that we used to. Um, and it's, it's exactly, I think what that, what C.S. Lewis is saying there is the fact that Urson would bring out certain things in Vic and certain things in me. And all of that connected the group together. But then when he was, you know, when he passed away, it was like there was a something there missing. And so where we were able to connect in a certain way before, we're not being able to connect in that same way. You know what I mean? Or it's really difficult. And it just feels like there's something different there. Why is the relationship different? You know, um, it's it's still us too. We're still here, but there's something different because that one person brought out something else in that relationship. That's good. That's it's a really cr- good it's crazy. Quote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, man, that's a lot of really good information on loss and just kind of how to deal with, with loss. And, and I thank you for, for sharing, man. I know that's, that's a tough, you've, you've gone, I think through a lot more loss than I have, uh, in the sense of, you know, having lost your father and and dealing with a lot of that stuff, the way that you have at at such an early age. And so, um, I think that's why I wanted to kind of talk to you about it and, and see, you know, how you've approached it. And I think, uh, you've, you've definitely done a, uh, uh, a really good job of, of working through some of that stuff while still maintaining that hope that I think we have as believers. And that's a great example of what we can do and how we can look at, at loss, um, and, you know, in our lives and, and, and leaving, you know, uh, carrying on the legacy, which I think is one of the things that you've done so well of saying like, okay, this is what my father stood for. How do I continue to honor that legacy and that memory of who he is, uh, through the way that I, you know, approach manhood, the way that I, you know, uh, deal with individuals. And, and so, yeah, you know, I think that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty great. Yeah, you are. You're pretty great. You're, I mean, you're basically Jack from, uh, from, uh, Oh man. You know, See, uh, hey man, when you say that, man, it brings me <laughs> from this is us, man. That that's, that, that's, that, that's deep right there, man. That, that hits home right there. That's just call me Jack. So I'll call you Jack now. I'll, I'll call you, uh, Jack Dwayne. Um, so what is our DMI challenge for this week? The DMI challenge this week. Um, I know, uh, I know that we talked about, um, arguments with our wives and how we lose. Mm. And, uh, it makes, it can, it, it can be very challenging. Um, but what I want us to do this week is I want us to go to the store. It'd be a florist. It could be Albertsons. It could be H E B. It could be any place, you know, like whatever Kroger, Walmart, whatever store sells flowers. And I don't want you to buy it on a day that you guys got into an argument. I don't want it okay. to be on a day that you're like, man, oh, man, my wife, blah, blah. Uh, I want you just to randomly do it this week. Go buy her a bouquet of flowers. And you can get you can get them from $20 to $10 at the store. And if you can't afford it, then um, 
<laughs> you, you, you know what I thought about? I thought about remember the Titans when, when, when he's like, you need to wear a suit and tie. And if you can't afford it, if you can't wear uh, afford a suit and tie, then then um then find a bum and trade him for his. <laughs> but you really can't do that in this situation. My point is is go buy some flowers for your wife. Even if it's one single flower, just go to the store and buy some flowers for your wife and and just show up just show up with them at, at home. Like if, if, if you're working, if you're not working and you're just at home, well then, hey, just go over there and say, hey, look, I, I'll be right back. I got to go pick something up. And you go, you pick it up and you take it back to your wife and um, you just tell her that you love her and, and don't tell her it's because of the DMI challenge. You just say, hey, it's because I love you. And I want you to, rem- I want to remind you that I love you. Okay. Sounds good. That will be our DMI challenge for this week. So, um, Go out and get those flowers. Uh, I mean, you know, if you got to go, go find someone with a garden and be like, Hey man, look, this is what's going on. I need to get a rose. Can I, can I, you know, clip one some, you know, you be creative about yeah. it. You you can figure out how to get your hands on some flowers. Definitely. And as for our fantasy football pot, I mean, our fan fantasy football league, um, we're still looking for a couple more other people. So next week we're going to have a very special edition. There we go. Bonus the episode. DMI the DMI podcast. The DMI podcast. And we're going to be talking about fantasy football and the do's and don'ts, the 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 wants and the needs and all that fancy stuff. The things that to get JFlow set up on a fantasy football podcast. I mean, I mean, league. So if you're interested, please reach out to us, email us, let us know. All right. Email is contact at dmipodcast.com. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us uh, this week for the podcast. We will catch you guys in the next one. And don't forget to mention this podcast to all your friends, your family members, all the guys in your life. And remember who you are. We appreciate you guys. All right, you guys. Peace. Peace.